Welcome to the ER Break Room, the University of Florida Department of Emergency Medicine's podcast. In here, we get to know each other, celebrate our achievements, and highlight our initiatives. I'm your host, Michael Petrauskas. In this episode of the ER Break Room, I continue our focus on our department's research mission and a whole lot of other endeavors with our featured guests. But first, let's say some hellos and goodbyes. Welcome to Cortland Gentry, Isabel Florent, and Delano Brooks, who will all be working as research, uh, OPS research coordinators. Um, I also have some goodbyes to say. Uh, first off, Dr. Casey Carr, who's who actually already left for UF Health Jacksonville, um, and then Dr. Tierra Smith, who is off to Emory this month. These two doctors are phenomenal physicians and loved by the department. We will sorely miss you too. And then finally, lead scribe Alex Beckers is off to Anesthesiology Assistant School. Thank you, Alex, for all of your leadership of the scribe program and your excellent scribing. Now on to highs of the month. Dr. Torben Becker was awarded a highly competitive SAEM Foundation Emerging Infectious Disease and Preparedness Grant that will lead to the expansion of his project, Motomeds, Preventing Child Morbidity and Mortality from Infectious Diseases in Ghana. This extension of Dr. Becker's original Motomeds project will lead to expansions of telemedicine and medication delivery operations to both a new site within Accra and to the northern region. Congratulations, Dr. Becker. The children of Ghana will benefit greatly from your hard work. Hot off the presses, Dr. Meredith Thompson has been named the UF College of Medicine Director of Learning Environment, Student Development, and Advanced Scheduling for Phase 1. In this role, she will work to assist students to ensure they meet requirements for the clinical phases and are ultimately ready for residency. She will be involved with multiple College of Medicine committees and will work with student financial aid to help enhance debt management and financial assistance. Congratulations, Meredith, on this exciting new opportunity. This is a huge win for our medical students. I want to take a moment to recognize our monthly outstanding student educators. These residents were selected by students each month for their amazing teaching skills and for making them feel welcome. For July, Matt Hanley, August, Bobby Leverance, September, Mario Espinosa Hernandez, October, once again, Mario, November, Paula Kruitzer, December, Wei Chen, and congratulations to all of you uh, for your outstanding educational endeavors. And finally, Gabriela Garcia has been named new lead scribe. Congratulations, Gabby. Today's featured guest is Dr. Brandon Allen, who I am so excited to have on uh, the podcast. Um, he is an associate professor. Uh, he's the current director of the new ED observation unit. And I think of uh, Dr. Allen as like the, the renaissance man of this, de of this department because he has done so, done so much and has worn so many hats and been involved in so many arenas. And you know, his past includes serving as director of the UF Health Shans ER, vice chair of clinical operations, associate chief of emergency services, medical director of the UF Health Chest Pain Center, medical director of the ED Scribes Program, program director of the administrative fellowship. I'm sure there's many more, and we'll, maybe we'll touch on them throughout our conversation. But Dr. Allen, Brandon, welcome to the ER Break Room. Thanks, Michael. I'm excited to be here. That was a mouthful. Well Sorry, <laughs> you had to do that. Well, it's, I feel like I've maybe recapped, you know, a, a big chunk of your career there. You're like, wow, that was a lot of work. <laughs> well, a lot um, of great people around us too to, to, to do all that. Absolutely, sure. and, and and a couple months back, talking to Jennifer Light, she, you know, she talked about you as, you know, when you know when she was uh, form, forming the PZR and, and her experiences and things like that, and you know, D Dave Roberts when he, you know, he talked about you and and and. and 
you know, all these different people have, you know, you've been in and out, we've been in and out this, this story of the UF emergency uh, medicine department. And, um, you know, you, uh, right now I'm kind of on a little bit of a research, uh, like arc with this podcast, but, but also, you know, you've, you've got, you've got some things I want to talk about in terms of athletics and, and, the, and, and the athletic podcast I did. And then also, you know, um, uh, you know, just, you've done stuff in, 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 in leadership. And, and so you just, you, you, you touch a lot of, like I said, you, you check a lot of boxes. So let's start off though. Where are you from? Where are you from Dr. Allen? Yeah, I'm from South Florida, uh, yeah. Broward County. Uh-huh. I was born in um, Broward General and Hollywood, Florida. Then we moved to a city called Plantation, Florida, which mm-hmm. is in Broward County. I yeah. always say I'm from Fort Lauderdale because you don't want to say you're from Plantation. People start to look at you funny. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we're, we were lower middle class. Um, yeah. My dad's a refrigeration contractor, uh-huh. and he worked for Publix uh, supermarkets for about 20 years in oh, their wow. maintenance division. My mm-hmm. mom's a bookkeeper and office manager. Mm-hmm. Neither of them graduated from college. My mom oh. never went to college. Wow. And um, my dad, uh, he went to University of Missouri for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. He got a D in physics, and then he went to Vietnam. And then wow. after that, he um, became a tradesman. So, Wow. Wow. Brothers, sisters? I have an older brother. Uh-huh. He's also a um, machinist and, and mechanic, incredible yeah. with his hands, and does some great stuff. He now works for... Um, Harris Corporation, who does a lot of oh. DOD stuff. Wow. Well, it's, gosh, I feel like um, that's interesting. Like, you know, people that, that come from families that didn't have any uh, relatives or like parents, grandparents in medicine, it's it's really a big jump, right? Do you even think you're you're capable of doing that? Oh, yeah. We, we didn't even have any, I don't think, nurses in my family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of the big drivers, though, is my dad's mom and his side of the family had Huntington's disease. Oh, and interesting. He had uh, three siblings, and it went true autosomal dominant 50-50. Wow. Two of them had it, two of them didn't. He wow. didn't have it. And wow. seeing that and not really understanding what that was, and then wow. also having my mom's um, dad, my grandpa, died when I was in middle school, mm-hmm. during his second cabbage. Wow. And wow. he would never stop smoking <laughs> was a big driver of me. Like I even put this, yeah. I think in my personal statement, I had yeah. like more questions than anything, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I was always curious in that respect. And then all the injuries during sports, like lead you to mm-hmm. just want to be able to, like, I want to be able to fix myself was another driver, I think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Talk about the sports. So when, you know, you, you, this, 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 go ahead. Yeah. When, when you start, I'm guessing you started middle school, high school, Oh, yeah. I mean, I started uh, with my main sport was football, mm-hmm. but I played uh, Little League baseball, soccer, kind of all of them. Mm-hmm. And then I played tackle football starting in, I think, fifth or sixth grade. Uh-huh. And we were on a really competitive travel team. And then yeah. I moved into to high school where I was a uh, quarterback on the JV team and then I moved mm-hmm. up to varsity as a sophomore and then was nice. a starter uh, they, in, they, in my junior and senior year. They bumped you up. You must have been good then. I was I was um I wasn't the best athletically, mm-hmm. but I knew all the plays. I could get everyone lined up and I didn't make a ton of mistakes. Mm-hmm. So that's valuable, right? When, when when you're playing against another team and and doing those things, and I think I think that led to to me being able to play in college too. 
interesting story there. Yeah, tell us. So I was I was kind of an option quarterback really in in high school and stuff. Really? I was actually pretty fast, not yeah. fast like Dave Roberts fast, but <laughs> uh, I ran track in in uh, in high school too, and uh-huh. I held my own in South Florida where I ran against Olympians, future wow. Olympians. It wow. was it was incredible. But I ran the four hundred meters, which is oh that's probably brutal. the hardest race yes. on the planet. Yeah, just try and sprint for an mm-hmm. entire lap. Yes, and. Um, I went 49 seconds a couple of times, which is wow. pretty good. No, that's, um, that is booking it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I ran, um, I think I ran a four or five in the 40 when, oh. by, by the time of my senior year. But wow. my plan was to go to the Coast Guard Academy, actually, because they had recruited me to run track and play football. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to yeah. do both. Yeah. And I go up for a visit. It's in Connecticut, actually, where, where the mm-hmm. Coast Guard Academy is. They say it's harder to get into than Harvard because of, of the of the rigor of the standards. And I yeah. had good grades and yeah. stuff in high school. Mm-hmm. And I failed the eye exam. I wore contacts and, and, and glasses. They what? said it was so bad that I wouldn't be able to find my glasses on the ship. No. So they disqualified me from going to the Coast Guard Academy. And then I, I went all the way up to the Admiral and regards, well, what if he gets LASIK? Yeah. And yeah. they said, no, he has to get in first and then he can have LASIK. So it was like classic oh, bureaucracy, right? That's terrible. Would have changed my life significantly. Right. right. Um, and I don't, I don't know which way, right? Like right. It's, it's just right. one of those things that right. kind of happens for a reason. Yeah. And then I got um, looked at by a really small school. So I played NA, yeah. NAIA football. It's yeah. a different division than NCAA. Sure. It's usually pretty big in the Midwest area. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. dad's from Kansas City, Missouri, or Independence, actually, where Harry yeah. Truman was born. Uh-huh. And so we had family there still. So I went to Kansas City, went on a visit, and I committed while I was there. It was a brand new program. They had never even yeah. played a season yet. So we wow. like my first season was the first season of the team. Yeah. And um, I was intermittently a starting quarterback for two or three years. And, That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it was fun. It was yeah. fun. It was such a unique experience, too, because it was uh-huh. a really small liberal arts college, right? Mm-hmm. And I had five people in my organic chemistry class, you know, like, oh, that's like, crazy. Yes. How about setting you up for success to yes, learn, right? Yes. Problem-based yes. learning uh, situations yes. and stuff. Uh-huh. So when I got to, to FSU College of Medicine and we started yeah. to do those small group things, mm-hmm. I excelled because like this, this is just like college. Like yes. this is easy yes. um, versus being mm-hmm. in like a giant room with 400 other students. Right. Now, right. I don't think I would do well in that situation because that self-taught piece I'm yeah. more of an auditory learner, and I think I yeah. would struggle, honestly. So I think it worked yeah. out really well for, for what I wanted to do. That's incredible. Auditory learning, as a former teacher, that's that's rare. Most people are visual learners, so you're one of the few. Yeah, yeah. very cool. I like, very I cool. like listening to yeah. audio books and, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and I really yeah. T- try to retain. Usually it takes me about three times hearing something before I've got it, yeah. uh, even like names. Yeah. like yeah. I, and like if you introduce me to a bunch of people, I won't remember your name until until maybe I I imprint mm-hmm. it like three times. But mm-hmm. after and then that, in. then you got it, you got mm-hmm. it, yeah. So you talked, so you got, so you got back to the, you know, did you you decide to pursue medicine? You talked about some of the inspiration for it. Did you know you mentioned some injuries? That the, is yeah. that is that what ended your collegiate career? Some injuries or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my senior year, the first game. So we were. We were in this like preseason bowl game mm-hmm. and first game of the year. It was like we were invited to, to go because we had like 
18 seniors on this team starters that were returning so we we're like oh we might be pretty good yeah first game of the year i tear my labrum oh. when i get tackled oh. and i have to have a season-ending shoulder surgery oh. crushing huh? i mean i got a slap lesion i got mm. five bone screws in it yeah and all wow. this stuff so i get a medical red shirt and okay. I graduated in four and a half. Yeah, yeah. And then in game six, I separated my left shoulder and, and it was done. Oh, you know, so After that, oh. I said, this ain't, this ain't worth it. I had yeah. two or three concussions. Yeah. Yep. You know, all that. I'm yeah. like, that I'm not going pro. Right. So, right. And right. I'm not right. going like to the world league yeah. or anything either. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Maybe I can yeah. play special teams somewhere, yeah. but yeah. I wasn't that good of a tackler either. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That, that's okay. what I did. And yeah. I actually uh, interviewed at FSU College of Medicine in a sling. And um, <laughs> they gave me a chance. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I had the, like one of the lowest MCAT scores you can yeah. get, but yeah. I had really good grades and yeah. had people who believed in me. Yeah. So, well, also like all I needed was a chance. You played collegiate athletics, and, and you know, in, in interviewing applicants for our residency, I always feel like that. And other people have, have said the same thing. People that play sports at a college level, there's a there's a lot there's a lot that goes into that in terms of your character and your resiliency. You know your your teamwork things. Like, I mean, you must have learned, especially being the quarterback of the team. That's that is the leader of the team de facto. Um, you know, I'm sure that sets you up to be really successful in in in, in medical school and residency. You know, in your career, um, it forces you to grow. I yeah. think uh, really kind of early. Mm -hmm. Me as an 18 year old, there's no way I could go to medical school or be in an accelerated program. Mm -hmm. You know, I was just. Mm -hmm. And frankly, in a lot of ways, selfish, right? You're thinking mm -hmm. about yourself. You're thinking about yeah. what, what you want to do and what you mm -hmm. can have or have not. Yeah. And the work ethic and the organizational skills to succeed is what I think really athletics sets you up for, for, for success. Yeah. Yeah. And waking up in the off season, season at five o'clock in the morning to do weights every day. Wow. And like, Sometimes being so sore, you can barely sit down on the toilet, wow. you know, like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those are things like, and then, oh, wait, by the way, I'm going to take a small nap after I eat as much breakfast as possible. Uh -huh. And then I'm going to go to class for three or four hours. Oh, yeah. And then I'm going to do something in the afternoon. Right. Imagine. Like, so yeah. the, your time isn't yours when, when right. you're a student athlete, I think mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. but it also can really um, give you some self-discipline mm -hmm. to I think carryovers into into your career in a lot of ways. Phenomenal, yeah, phenomenal. So, so Florida State, um, yep. you enroll there. Any, any, um, I don't know, any, any uh, kind of pivotal moments then, or, or, or did, at some point in that point, you get the emergency medicine bug, or Jimmy mentors, or what? What? Um, tell me about Florida State and their uh, yeah. Their training. Wow, what what a great yeah. experience. So yeah. so unique from from this gigantic health system that that, that we work in now. Mm -hmm. Right. So they have this regional campus model for right. years three and four. Uh, backtrack real quick, though. Yeah. First year of medical school. Everyone hears that I played quarterback in, in college. <laughs> so we get together a intramural flag football team. Oh, nice. <laughs> and we were awesome, Michael. <laughs> like we're in the playoffs. Like I'm, I'm running the offense and the defense. and. <laughs> We're playing in the mud against some fraternity or yeah. something. Yeah. And I thought I was Reggie Bush, and I tried to cut <laughs> off my left leg, and I tore my ACL oh, no. in the playoffs. Another injury. On this 
on this oh intramural gosh. field yeah, yeah. in Tallahassee. Wow. And the next day, just happenstance, yeah. uh, Sports Medicine Interest Group is, is having something like at lunchtime. Yeah. And the team doc for FSU is there. Wow. And, I, and, he, and I'm like, hey, I think I, I think I tore my ACL. So he puts me on this table in front of everybody and does a Lockman's and anterior joint. He goes, hey, Amazing. guys, that's not how this goes. And it was like completely loose and moving. And afterwards, he's like, hey, come see me in a couple of days. We're going to fix that. <laughs> I have an ACL surgery in the, in the middle of the first year of medical school. Oh my so I'm sitting in the front of the class oh. with my leg propped up. Oh gosh, uh, with crutches. So that, that was a mess. Incredible, oh. but just the, the the yeah the the, the injuries could continue to plague you. Did your team win the game? Did you guys win the championship? Oh no, we got slaughtered. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! That's the worst part. I think we didn't have anybody else that could even throw. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's pretty crazy. Wow. So then you mentioned this third and fourth year model. Like, so you go in, yeah. um, you go to different sites, right? Talk about that. Like how that yeah, works. So you have a regional campus. Them. So mine was in Fort Pierce, mm-hmm. which was the closest to South Florida. Oh, okay. Um, right. Where, yeah. Close to home. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. closer to, to my parents and, yeah. um, to got married in, in between first and second oh. year of medical school. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and we had Neela at the end of third year right before the start of fourth year. What? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, that was, that was a time. I um, have questions. Yes. As a, as a new father, four month old, I, I, you know, this is so hard as an attending level with an attending salary and attending time. And, and I can't, I talk about my wife all the time. Like how do people have kids in, in medical school when you are spending so many hours studying? That's insane. That's insanity to me. The definition of you must not sleep at all. I mean, go ahead. You can elaborate on that. That, yeah, it was it was it was tough. Uh, man, th- those days are kind of a blur, honestly. Yes. He was fourteen now. Wow, what? Wow. I got. I can say my 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 ex wife was a real trooper in the mm-hmm. midst of that. Mm-hmm. Um, she exclusively nursed. Neela had the worst reflux on the planet. Oh no! To where oh. she was she was nursing every two to three hours. She yeah. never slept oh. the night until oh. like fourteen months old. Yeah. Like it was. Yeah. It was a really challenging first child. That sounds horrible. Uh, that pregnancy sounds... was was fine yeah. otherwise, and everyone yeah. came out healthy and everything. Mm-hmm. But that was that was really challenging because wow. I I didn't own my time either, right? Like no. I had to be no. somewhere. I had to I had to right. be functioning at a high yes. level. Yes, at all times. Yeah. Yep. And what did that look like? Well, it turned into a lot of probably selfish decisions on my part, to be honest. Yeah. In regards to that, uh, and I've mm-hmm. I've heard your other um, podcast with other parents and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I really want to commend the other um, yeah, faculty and, and, and residents and who have parents. I mean, yeah, they really mm-hmm. have a great approach to do this in a selfless way and um, in a way to to preserve that bond. Yeah, and to to make sure that that their spouse feels feels supported right and um, and in some fairness to you really Brent, i know you, you say yourself but but in some fairness i think i mean you said 14 years ago 14 years ago i don't think we were at a place um in institutions that supported families to the point that we do now i couldn't agree more there yeah. um share another story we'll, we'll we'll finish uh college of medicine in a minute but 
Yeah. I had Owen in between second and third year of residence, that mm-hmm. second year of residency. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, so he was born on September 1st. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So it was, I was on the day of conference and I remember oh, wow. I was like, Hey, I don't think I'm going to make conference. My wife's having contractions that are pretty close together. Uh-huh. And then she like, we, she delivered that morning. I actually got, got to help deliver. With our OBs here, which was yeah. super cool. Uh-huh. Um, but I was back in a week. Wow. I was back oh, in a week. Oh, I took a week. Just, yeah. That's, that's absurd. That's crazy. And once again, that, that, that level of burden on, on the family and on your wife and yeah, and just, you yeah. know, and in residence hours and, and back then residency was probably more hours than it is now. And, and you just were gone. You didn't have a choice in that matter. Yeah. That's crazy. No, I, that's I felt nuts. supported, but I just, yeah. I just didn't feel like I, yeah. I could, we only had eight residents a year then. And wow. I just didn't feel like I yeah. could, I could let, let the right. team down. I guess that right. goes back to athletics, right. Yeah. You know, in a lot of ways and yep. that yep. mentality, which mm-hmm. I think, um, I'm glad that 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 the lens has changed on that in a lot yes. of ways. Thank, I think it's thankfully. so much better for wellness. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I'm into that. So, so, so back yeah, to so, the college yeah, of medicine mm-hmm. and um, and the regional campus. What a cool model, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Right. So I never worked with a resident, Michael, mm-hmm. until I was in residency. Wow. It was all attending level, that. like graduated responsibility i was doing things at, awesome. at at a really high level really mm-hmm. fast mm-hmm. procedurally they're like i don't want to yep. if you want to do it you could do it right. they were calling me to go round on patients first mm-hmm. and then report back to them mm-hmm. like things and then also seeing because this was a model in community hospitals right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. seeing the business of medicine yeah at a, at a very um young age, mm-hmm. I guess you say as, as a student or, mm-hmm. or as a young physician, um, mm-hmm. was eye opening in itself. Yeah. Um, good and bad, frankly. Mm-hmm. And, and what that looked like. So yeah. I, I have a, a different lens, I think, even though I've been academic since finishing training, right. But I know how it works out there. Yeah. I saw yeah. it with my own eyes yes. in, in so many ways, which mm-hmm. I thought was, um, was a great way to be prepared for emergency medicine training because mm-hmm. the graduated responsibility was, was great. They're like we'll give you as much as you can handle. Yeah. So me, I'm like, I'm gobbling it up. Right. Yes. Probably at the yes. expense of time with, with family and all that stuff. But I mean, they were, they were calling me like, Hey, I'm at my, yeah. I'm at my son's baseball game. Can you go um, see this admission in the <laughs> ED? I'm like, sure. You know, like, what do you say? Do you say no? Yeah. Like no, you don't no, say no. No, don't, yeah, like you feel, you feel like an integral part of the team, like an important person that's vital for this healthcare of these patients for sure. I mean, I'm yeah. also excited. Like, wow, this is me. I'm going to go admit this patient. Yeah. I still have some really great mentors uh, yeah. from my time yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, our regional campus dean actually passed away um, um, a couple years ago, mm-hmm. which was um, pretty big for, for that campus. Yeah. And um, actually, this is this was really tough during during fourth year of med mm-hmm. school. Um, one of our mentors, like, we had an awesome um, psychiatry rotation. Mm-hmm. There was a behavioral health center right there, yeah. and like, like, I should have known I was going to be an emergency physician once. I was like, oh, the, the, I gravitate to this as like this is like something that that we should yeah. embrace, you know? Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, he he um he he died by suicide 
um, oh my in, in my fourth year, and it was oh, it, no. it just ripped our our class oh, apart. Wow! And so that was really tough. Mm. And understanding wow. a lot more about what people are hiding, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. when they're yeah. dealing with stuff, that was um, that was tough for all of us. It mm-hmm. was it was really impactful. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Gosh, man, that's crazy. Wow. Um, yeah, that sounds like you, you actually had more more of an experience from your college of medicine and than that I than I expect. Like, I don't think many people have that level of of impact from their uh, their time in med school. That is that's really powerful. Um, all together, you know, all those experiences together. Yeah. Um, and then you went from from Florida State, and you. Um, I mean, when you're growing up, were you uh, any any affiliation with with University of Florida, the Gator? I mean, did you follow the football team as a? Were you just curious? Were you a fan of a college football team as a child? Oh yeah, oh yeah. What so were you? This is, what I, I, I'm so messed up in this in this um <laughs> in this light, Michael. Okay. So right. born in South Florida, like yeah. Miami Dolphins, of course. Yes. You know, uh, mm-hmm. from that standpoint, yes. Miami Hurricanes, um, mm-hmm. huge hometown team, right? But mm-hmm. man, I love Danny Warfel and, yes. and, and the fun and gun with, yes. with Steve Spurrier. Yes. I, had his, I still have yes. his jersey that I had like when I was in middle school. Okay. Uh, all right. And, all right. And then I go to Florida yeah. State and I'm yeah. like, I'm such a traitor, but oh, man, what a great education. And I, and I owe him so much. Yes. But then yes. I match at, at UF, you know, uh-huh. so it's like, oh my God. <laughs> You came home. You came home to UF to the Gators, that's right. but that's right. but dude, I don't think there's. I don't think I. I can't fall it. I I have nothing against Florida State. I think they they. Uh, I mean, there's, I know there's supposed to be some of a rivalry there, but um, wow. So you, I guess you 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 probably enjoyed yeah being a fan of all three major college football programs in the state of Florida. Then yeah, like. I bleed orange yeah. and blue now. That's uh, good. But yeah, you've been here you know, a while. They're not so. playing. I'll, I'll root for for our Florida yeah. teams. Sure, sure. I still follow course. the Hurricanes pretty closely because my dad and my brother um, that's, mm-hmm. that's their team. So. Oh, absolutely. But, yeah, we, we always like to watch that. games together. Absolutely. Yeah. So you came to UF, and uh, you said you mentioned one of one of eight residents. So this is this is probably what earlier. How, how I mean, was this when did the residency form, and when did you start with them? I think the residency formed in the early 2000s. Yes. And I started in 2010. 2010. Okay. 2010. Okay. So it's been established for and a while. And they had just opened the right. South Tower. Um, oh, wow. In, in 2009. Was so, the ER over there yet or no? Yes. So when, it the, when the South that. Tower opened, okay. it, it opened with the ED there. Gotcha. Um, and the I think Dr. Light said this too. Mm-hmm. The PZD was in the South Tower as well. In what mm. we have the HVU now. Oh, that's right. In that you area where the that. nursing yes. space was, yes. that was the waiting room for right. the PZD. Wow. We literally had only those little beds and we had this little oh, section. Oh, wow. I'll yes. never forget. Yeah. My first shift ever mm-hmm. in, in residency was with Dr. Light, <laughs> and who is a, a great mentor Amazing. and still a great friend. We still yes. go to breakfast sometimes. Yeah, that's and, incredible. And she looks at me. Yeah. And I and I knew people warned me like you better come fifteen minutes early if you're working oh. with Doctor Light because if not you're late. And she looks at me and she goes, "Alan, have you do you know what a Potts puffy tumor is?" And I said, "No, Doctor Light, I have no idea." She's like, "Well, you better look that up because that's in bed four. And I'm like, "What is happening right now?" And this we had a CT and this that a Potts puffy tumor is yeah. is, is, is like a um osteomyelitis uh-huh. of 
of the forehead or of the skull. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, holy cow, this person had like this big goose egg looking thing on their head. And I'm like, I haven't seen that in, in medical wow. school. So. <laughs> wow. That was day one. <laughs> that was day one. Well, actually day one. Yeah. I think that was probably the Friday after day one. Yeah. Because okay. day one was actually yeah. a Thursday. Uh-huh. And so the first day was conference. Mm-hmm. And everyone's all excited. We had yeah, all these yeah. new faculty. It was so interesting. So yeah. Mike Marchick's first day was my first day when what? he was faculty. No way. Yeah. Yep. Carmel Ellie's first day as faculty what? was my first day. Oh my gosh. Trisha Swans was. She was Salgiani then. And um and her um her then spouse, Mike Falgiani, was, uh-huh. was on at yeah. the same time. So we had uh-huh. this influx of all these amazing wow. faculty wow. at like the same day that That's... I started residency. So it was wow. such a cool experience. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. That's so interesting. You guys all started together and grew together. That's incredible. Yeah. Holy cow. Wow. Lots of case reports yeah. together too. <laughs> uh, I bet. Yes. Yes. We'll get to those. We'll get to those. Okay. So what else about residency? You know, three years. Uh, was it four years then or no? It was always three years? Three years. Three, three years. years. Okay. And yep. you think, yeah, I was chief president about? my last year. I figured um, you would be. Yeah. I figured you would be. Uh-huh. The, it was, it was, it was a great time. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. man, we worked, we worked mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. And the chiefs before me were 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 such great role models, mm-hmm. and and they they were excellent. We only had two per year then, and mm-hmm. their their clinical skill was just so elite. I just wanted yeah. to just model their behavior so much. And yeah. and uh, Mindy Fernandez was in my class with me. She was oh, my co chief. I don't know if you knew oh, that. Cool. I didn't and, know. I did not know you were co chiefs um, together. I did not know that. No. Mindy's just. 10 times yes. better physician okay. than I am. And she, she came in and she walked in and she was like running stuff from like day one. Yes. Um, and, that sounds um, like Mindy. That definitely sounds like Mindy. Yep. <laughs> in our class, we, we had some really strong um, physicians in, in mm-hmm. that class too. who are doing some great things around the country now. And, mm-hmm. and some of them are, are, are leaders within wow. CMGs and, and other stuff too, which, wow. which um, I wish crazy. we were, I wish we, we would keep in touch better. You know, um, and yeah. you know, life life usually flips you into some other spaces, sure. right? But sure. you know, like such a cool thing. I, I ran into Jonathan DeGroat, who was one of my classmates mm-hmm. um at, at Swamphead. Oh and yeah, yeah. He's like a key leader in, in, in USACs now. Oh and wow. He runs like the Tampa division and stuff wow. and wow. and uh yeah. It's just so cool to see people grow. Uh-huh. outside of being elite physicians like i think that's right. expected of you when you finish training right right but right. then like what are those other pieces of growth and what do you want to do with your career exactly and everyone has a different path man absolutely and i think that that's the thing that that i've, I've realized over the last several years too even yeah. outside of training is you know yeah i work really hard to lead with curiosity rather than judgment yeah man have i learned the hard way in that space <laughs> and and everyone's path is different. So you should, you should really, it's not a competition when it right. comes to career right. paths and, and, and growth. And yeah. you should just be happy for everyone. Yeah. And the yeah, competitive yeah, yeah. person in me for, for a long yeah. time was like, not that way. I was like, right. I could do that. I could do right. that. You know what right. I mean? But mm-hmm. now it's like, this is what I want to do. This is who I am. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And you, you can do what you want to do too. Yeah. And I think when I when I left residency, that was still something that that I had a lot of growth um, mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Had some great mentors with Dr. Light, 
Yes. Um, yes. Tom Payton, who was the previous vice chair of operations and really took me under his wing. Oh, cool. As well as, um, as our former chair. Yeah. Um, Adrian Tyndall. Yeah. Who, yes. Yes. Who was um, a big mentor as well. Right. And right. Tom taught me how to, that I was like the bull in the China shop, right? Uh-huh. Um, where I was like the bulldozer when, 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 when I started as assistant medical director, mm-hmm. right, right out of training. And he's like, there's another way to get to yes. Yeah. It's about building relationships. Mm-hmm. And man, did I learn that over time mm-hmm. that, that that's the way to have sustainable change. Not that's... just, hey, you're going to do this because, because we need to have this done. It's, right, right. How can we do this together and how does everybody yes. win? Yeah. And, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm still learning how to do that. And I've been doing, doing this in some way, shape or form for a decade as a faculty right. member. Right. No, but no, but Brandon, you, you make, you made some great points there, like sustaining the relationships, looking at this as a, not us versus them in terms of specialties is like, we're, this is our institution together. You know, mm-hmm. we need to do this together. We're all on the same team here. Our residents aren't competing for, 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 you know, for pursuit. Everyone's learning together. We have to, we have to view that as an institution beyond just our specialty in our department. And it sounds like you, 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 you do that, you embrace that. And also, you know, also I feel like time smooths out a little bit of sometimes of the, maybe the fire in your belly or something kind of just simmers it down and makes you, you know, and, and, and you've gotten that, that time, that wisdom, that experience to, to make you very, I'm sure, extremely efficient. Patience. A lot more patience yep. yep. over, over time. Yep. People still think I'm pretty impatient, but they should have seen me in 2013. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> hey, there's a reason why you were, you were a college athlete and a competitor and a, a quarterback, you know, like that you need that in some degree. But, you know, I think yeah. that like you, you, your wins would be more sustained now, like you were saying, because of, of, of where you're at now, I think so. And for the yeah. department, you know, like it, it's wins for all of us. So. That's huge. So talk about, I, you know, I, we're going to talk about the research in a minute here, but one more thing I want to do. So you talk about um, staying on as faculty here, the transition. And actually this ties into one of your, I saw you wrote some reflective pieces in different journals, which I thought was really interesting. I think that's really interesting to be, I think it's important that we reflect on our experiences and you're obviously yeah. a reflective person. Um, talk about that transition and then maybe what you wrote about it. Sure. Um, actually it was, I was very fearful and apprehensive about that transition Mm -hmm. because one day I'm your colleague as a resident and the next day I'm your attending. Right. Wow. Right. Right. What, what a responsibility Mm -hmm. and potential power shift. Right. And that's the thing I didn't want. I wanted us to feel like we were partners in this Mm -hmm. and at the center of all of it is the patient. Yeah. So how do you do that? And uh, a lot of trial and error, but I'll tell you the first thing I did was when you when they came on shift with me, mm-hmm. I, I we just shared like, hey, here's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna have a great time. We're gonna we're gonna give great care. If you start to drown, I'm gonna help. Right? I'll never mm-hmm. let the department drown because our providers are drowning or overwhelmed. Like right. I just never right. believed in that. Mm-hmm. And um. I think that got me a lot of credibility in the beginning too, is, is that I wasn't, I was never afraid or, or reluctant to get my hands dirty and to help them mm-hmm. uh, or call a consult or, or call an attending when, when there was a difference of opinion. Cause we all know that residents clashing gets nowhere. Right. It gets nowhere. Right. All it right. does is delay the inevitable and, or it delays care. 
Yes. And the patient is the one who loses and they have no idea yeah. what's going on in the background. Right. And right. I just, I've, I've always been really passionate that that's not the best way forward. Right. And one of the things I did is I really invested, and this took a lot of time, into giving feedback after shift. Mm-hmm. And what I found mm-hmm. out is, is, man, they craved feedback. They didn't care if it was positive, negative, neutral. Yeah. I even put little clinical questions and pearls in there wow. and they responded. And I got some of the most touching emails and notes back from some yeah. of the residents who I'm like, I don't even think this person likes me. I know they didn't like me when I was a chief because residents usually care about two things when you're a chief, mm-hmm. food and the schedule. And <laughs> I didn't have any control over the food and the schedule was, was its own beast. And then right. I wasn't right. a great schedule maker, admittedly. Uh, um, but but so those were the things that, that I did that um, – I just wanted to be let them know that hey look and the, at the end of the day I got to be the captain of the shift because yeah. that's that's what they're telling me and that's what yeah. I'm hired to do right. but we're a team in this right. and um, I want you to feel empowered to come to me if you need me and I'm gonna let you go as far as you feel comfortable and I feel comfortable mm-hmm. with you and if I'm not comfortable mm-hmm. I'll just tell you yeah. right yeah. and and then there, there's a respect factor there too that I think that I've just really tried to carry on. And the other yeah. thing I learned from a couple of uh, my favorite attendings when I worked is, is that I get up and I'll see the patient and usually I'm going to see him before the resident. Mm-hmm. And you know why? Cause then I've got a plan in my head yeah. and then I've got something I'm like, Hey, what about this clinical pearl? Did you ask them this about their right. social history? Yeah. Do you know where yeah. they work? Did you know they're a nurse? <laughs> you know, like, I love that. I did that yesterday. Like two, two of the um, family members are like, I'm like, I see you're in scrubs. Are you in the medical yeah, field? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, actually I work on this floor. I'm like, uh-huh. total change in dynamic. Yeah. Now I get to talk to you in medical speak because right. you understand. Right. And, and it, it changes mm-hmm. everything. It flattens the yes. hierarchy, yes. all those pieces to where we can have a different discussion. And man, mm-hmm. that changes the patient experience. I really believe that. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. So I, I really yeah. focused on that. Um, Matt Ryan used to always tell me, he's like, the social history will set them free. And I, <laughs> and I remember I'm like, I don't have time for a social history. I'm a resident right now. And um, Great quote, great quote. And um, it's so true. Yeah, like, yeah. As an attending, you get time to ask some of those questions, you know, and, yeah, and really yeah. focus on back on yeah. the humanism of yes. what we do. Yes. Yeah, I, think, yeah, yeah. I think what we have is a huge responsibility and honor to be able to connect with patients mm-hmm. in that deep, dark time. But mm-hmm. what our skill really is outside of being elite resuscitationists is how do you get someone to trust you, to tell you their deepest, darkest secrets in three to five minutes? Yes, right, in three to five minutes, exactly. In three right? to five minutes. Yes. So make that yes. connection, Yes. touch them, mm-hmm. check their pulse, yep. hold their hand, mm-hmm. and let them, let them share what they're yes. not willing to share with their family. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is super powerful. Yeah. And, I, and if I ever think that, that, that I've lost that or I'm desensitized that I'll quit. Then it's time because to retire. Yeah. That's what it's about. That's yep. what it's about. It's the ultimate privilege that we have to be able to ultimate be there privilege. in those moments at that level, yeah. at that depth. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, so yeah. I, I, I sent that into, yeah. I think it was the journal of graduate medical education. Mm-hmm. Uh, the transition from resident to faculty. Mm-hmm. I was actually uh, I was on the Emerald board then. Uh, cool. And it was the oh, nice. resident um, representative to the RRC, uh-huh. so the residency review committee for the uh-huh. ACGME. 
Wow. Huge time for the ACGME too. I mean, we, that, right. They just had the EMS fellowship starting. So man, we had like mm-hmm. 20 programs to review like every wow. time we met. And wow. then when I was leaving, they were doing the single accreditation sy- system to where the osteopathic schools and mm-hmm. the allopathic now were going to be under the same rigor of program requirements. Yeah. And then we added multiple more board members. So that mm-hmm. was a really interesting time. And when I was yeah. there, it was the first time that they put two programs on probation in like wow. 10 years. So wow. it was, it was, um, it was really interesting. And I met some awesome people, um, uh, in, in that experience. The travel about killed me, but, um, <laughs> so try not to go to Chicago in February, right? Like, how are you going to have an ACGME meeting? The ACGME is in Chicago, but like, oh, they used to be in California and all these other right. places. They did it once, Michael. They oh, did it gosh. once. One yes, person disaster. fell and had a lumbar oh, fracture no. or something like that. And like, <laughs> like when, when the high for the day is one and you're from Florida, it's like, what is happening? Forget about it. Forget about it. Wow. <laughs> so the other one uh, yeah. reflected yeah. pieces you mentioned, yeah. and this yeah. one is, is pretty impactful. I'll try not mm-hmm. to get emotional. Um, yeah. Is the Just Daddy piece that yeah. I think was in uh, Annals or, or SAM. Yeah. So I wrote that while I was sitting in a hospital room for my son. Mm-hmm. Six weeks old, born in second year, right? Yeah. Six weeks old. Yeah. I get back from I had to do something for the Emerald Board and I got back from a conference. Yeah. Within four hours of returning, my wife at the time says, Something's not right. Yeah. Owen's not feeding. He's something's wrong. Yeah. I was like, I believe you. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Candace Norman is the attending. This is like in the middle mm-hmm. of the night now. Because mm-hmm. I got home late from I think it was in California where the, where, the, yeah. where the conference was. Owen's febrile. He's modeled. I'm like, oh, oh my God. Oh no. What is going on? Yeah, six weeks. I'm like, he's septic. Yeah. He, we get a KUB. I, I lose it because I'm oh like, no. it looks like he has a bowel obstruction. So oh no. we wake up. <laughs> the pediatric radiologist in the middle of the night, the acute care surgery's there. Like, he had 20 bands on his CBC. And I'm like, oh, oh my wow. God, what is oh, happening no. with my son? Oh, no. And we wake up, this guy named Dr. Jonathan Williams, who had to have been close to in his 70s. Like, he's, he's retired now. But he was like the one for, for, for pediatric radiology here for uh-huh. years. Mm-hmm. We wake him up at 2 in the morning to do a barium and a study wow. on wow. my son. Wow. Thank God it's negative. Oh yeah. But he gets yeah. tapped. Oh. And and oh. it's a bloody tap. Candace still oh. every time she sees me, she's like, How's Owen? She's like, I'll never yeah. live that down. And I'm like, oh, it's no. fine. You did great. Yeah. But he had viral meningitis. Wow. And wow. I remember um they mm. were rounding on him and I'm like, I think he has meningitis. Because yeah. we still didn't have a, a an answer. Right. 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 I'm like, whenever yeah. He's not being held close. He yeah. cries. Yeah. I think he has a headache. Yeah. I think he has a headache. Yeah. And I tapped him again. Yeah. It was almost therapeutic. Oh, wow. He, he, he felt so much better. The pressure oh, was wow. relieved. Yeah. Yeah. And then we were discharged within wow. you know, a couple of days, but we were in the oh, hospital for a week. 
Wow. And that was oh really scary. Yeah. That was really scary. Now wow. Owen's 12. Yeah. He's, he's a total preteen. Yeah. And okay. um, <laughs> yeah. makes me feel that every day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the basketball player, all those things. I love to watch him compete now and I live vicariously through him in that Incredible. space. Yeah. Um, but, but that was, yeah. that was really tough, that was you know, and, and trying to compartmentalize that yeah. and being a resident trying to do my yeah. best mm-hmm. in that space. Cause I knew yeah. I wanted to stay. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I felt like I was, I was on, I was auditioning every day yes, and that, that, right. that, that really probably took a toll on me in some ways too, that I didn't even realize. Yeah. Retrospect. yeah. Wow. That's powerful. Thanks for sharing that. That's really powerful. Yeah. So you, you, you know, so you're writing these reflective pieces, but you're also getting involved with research too. You're doing, I mean, case reports and you're starting, you know, you're getting to studies eventually. So how do you talk about that a little bit? Like, how did you get involved with research? Did you have any mentors some guidance? Um, you know, did you start small and build from there? Um, how did you yeah, go? You there's, go? there's always that curiosity. And then there's, yeah. I think there's, there's, there's a hint of luck there too, right, Michael? Okay. Um, in the beginning, I would say, don't do what I did, honestly, because <laughs> I'm someone who like will try to boil the ocean. And like, I had my hands in all this different stuff, right? And I'm like doing this case report, I'm doing uh-huh. this. And I'm like, I'm always in, I was always doing something. Mm-hmm. But I never had a focus for, yeah. for, 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 for quite a long time. And I was right. like, oh, that sounds cool. Oh, yeah. that was an amazing finding. Let's write yes. that up. Right. And I was always, I was always pretty good at, at sealing the deal and, and, and finishing it and getting it over the finish line, which um, I think is, is something that you have to really hone your skills on if, if you're going to do research or, or be publishing, is that everyone has a great idea and everyone can start a project. But getting it across the finish line and getting it submitted yeah. and then coming back with that is because it's never accepted on the first run, right? Right. And right. then and then getting to the point where it's acceptable for the journal right. is 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 key. And that, that takes a lot of time and effort. Yeah. Um and you know, a lot of this is built off of relationships too, mm-hmm. Michael. I, I mm-hmm. think you know, we talk about probably cardiac biomarkers and something that's mm-hmm. really I, I think has become my niche. Yes. Um, it started out with me inviting my good friend now, Simon Mahler from Wake Forest, to talk about the heart score and the heart pathway as a grand oh. round. Wow. And we hit it off and we have dinner yeah. and we talk sports and he loves football too. Mm-hmm. His Michigan Wolverines just won the national championship. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I know not to text him or bother him when a game is on <laughs> or, 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 or post loss. Um, <laughs> it's pretty funny. And, <laughs> and, you know, we just had the same ideas. And he's like, man, that's really interesting. Like I've been thinking about the same stuff. Let's yeah. collaborate. And yeah. then when you start collaborating and you start meeting other people who are also interested in the same space, yeah. then you can come up with some really cool stuff. And, yeah. and the, in the biomarkers world, it's all, it's all industry funded, really, right? Oh, wow. um, yeah. the, the NIH or, or federal funding is pretty minimal um, okay. in that space because yeah. uh, the industry owns the biomarkers. Sure. Right? Sure. They also have some funds usually to be able to, to further what, what we want to achieve. Absolutely. So with, with uh, Roche Diagnostics, who was the mm-hmm. sponsor for our, for our big study, like I am like the novice of novices when it comes to grants and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I'm like, okay, I'm putting this thing together with Simon. Who's uh, his, I think he was division chief of research then at Wake Forest. Now he's vice chair and full professor. Oh. And 
he's got his heart pathway. He's done some stuff in the NHLBI, and we're crafting this thing. And he's like, okay, I think we want to be the coordinating center at UF. Wow. I don't even know what that is, right? But I got, I got, it's like, I got Carmel Ellie helping me in regards to, you know, some guidance there. Yes. Uh And we're on the shoestring budget. And it takes over a year for Roche to, to agree. Mm -hmm. And it's the, and it's, it's the largest grant they've ever given in the United States. Almost $2 million to do this study for high sensitivity troponin T. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and we enrolled at eight sites across the country. Yeah. We were the coordinating center. Mm-hmm. And one of the beauties of that of that contract, though, is that we own all of the data and mm-hmm. the samples. So wow. that wasn't Roche's. That's wow. University of Florida's. Yes. So yes. we've been able to create so much more after the fact. Yeah. With multiple manuscripts and all these uh-huh. pieces. And right. then you start to to talk at at bigger meetings and yeah. you know at SAEM we've we've had a big presence because of the stop CP yeah. data yeah and then you've got industry saying hey we saw stop CP yeah do you want to help us too and now wow. we're an entity here at UF when it comes uh-huh. to we're a great site we're a top wow. five enrolling site when it comes to this. wow and you know what I learned in the midst of all this outside of I knew yeah. nothing and I didn't even yeah. know how much I didn't know and yeah. it was a huge learning curve also about people and management of of research personnel and all those pieces is that you're only as good as the coordinators and the leaders that you have in research. And if you think it's all about you, you will fail. Mm-hmm. So if you have a yeah. great team, mm-hmm. you've got a chance to to be successful and, and probably make some money for the department um, yeah. in regards to these per patient studies. Yeah. So that's been really fun for me. You yeah. know, it's it's kind of been something that I've been really passionate about, but I, I've used it in, in a lot of ways, I think, to, to forward care across the country. Because, Absolutely. Because what, what you have now is you have some defined practice patterns based off of, of biomarkers and, and research. Absolutely. And, and I think that, that that's really exciting to me to be able to make that, that level of, of an impact or, or feel like I've, I've made a, a small point of, of impact there. Oh no, Brandon! Absolutely. This even when I interviewed for my my position here, you know, year I guess what two years ago now, you you talked about that and and you you talked about what you had found, and I was like, this is this is like the next iteration. This is like game changing to be able to use these to definitively rule out patients safely and not have to admit them to the hospital. And I was like, I was like, wow! I've always thought that that things were going this direction, but here's a guy who's doing this and is going to put this into practice. And is what we've done at UF and, you know, is, is now being expanded across, you know, the world or whatever. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. It's really impactful. Thanks for that. Yeah. You know, and the next step after that is, is AI, right? Like everything is oh. like exploding in that space. Talk about so that. Then, You're involved. You're involved there. Talk about that. Yeah, yes. So yeah. I'm pretty excited about this. So, yeah. so what's the hardest part of, of our job when we're talking about risk stratification for, for patients with p- possible acute coronary syndrome? Is that intermediate zone, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the low risk. Mm-hmm. It's not the high risk. Right. It's that. It's that yellow, right? It's yes. the yellow. It's the intermediate zone. It's mm-hmm. that. It's that here score of four to six, right? Or or yeah. in that space. And it's like, well, what if you could use AI and predictive analytics to say to to, to do a better risk stratification in that space? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's like a huge piece outside yeah. of point of care high sensitivity troponin which will breed speed and efficiency and, and faster decision-making for us. 
that's the other piece is like, can you safely send this patient home? Mm-hmm. And if, and if, and if not, well, why? Right. Mm-hmm. And so I was in a working group uh, with some, some other key, really, really big thought leaders, way smarter than me um, on this, but I was kind of the practical guy. I'm like, all right, so here's what's going to happen at the bedside. Yeah. You have to integrate past cardiac studies in this, in this algorithm, or people are going to throw it out the window because they're going to be like, yeah, that's great. You're telling me all this. But they had a CCTA within the last six months that had angiographically normal coronaries. So uh-huh. why, 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 why do you say that this is the risk, right? Mm-hmm. So now they went back to the drawing table after we were telling them, like, you have to integrate this. And then what if it's integrated into the EHR? It's not a separate program, but it's right. in EPIC, right? right. And it's right. in your interface. Mm-hmm. So then you have true clinical decision support yeah. in your note. Incredible. Wow. That's yeah. next level stuff. Game changing. Right? Game changing. That's next level stuff. Yes. Yes, it is. Absolutely. And and so um specifically, do you do you have a do you have a grant with this, right? You do, right? Right now with yeah. AI or yeah. Or, yeah. We, we, yeah. We've got we've got yeah. some small funding. Um yeah. a yeah. lot of it is is we're we're utilizing, you know, the um the data repository yeah. for University of Florida. Right. And just just years of data since mm-hmm. we've had the high sensitivity assay which is uh from from may 2019 wow. so so they're like we want all that right yes and then they're like yeah how do we use this and then we go to this other um large health system and gather mm-hmm. their data right so now you've got millions of data points in this in this macro data and you say how can we drive change and and clinical decisioning and then after that you do a prospective study right right and then you right. learn from the algorithm right. that's right. the part where it really gets a lead is it's like okay you've yeah. got all this research like, perfect yeah. you know yep. that, that's 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 research okay yep. but yep. now you've built the tool and now you now the tool can learn from itself yeah in a in a prospective observational yeah. manner yeah that's exciting it's crazy that's right? crazy exciting yes <laughs> that is the future that is the future of medicine i mean that is unreal it's so cool that you're doing that here right now, or you're, 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 you're building this right now, you know? Wow. Yeah. We've got an R01. Simon, Simon got an R01 um, recently where we were an alternate site and, Uh and um, Fahim and I are working on, on bringing that here too, where there was going to be an integration of the CDU into the, into the grant too, as an inpatient versus an outpatient arm. So uh-huh. that one's really mm-hmm. exciting. We're going to share more about that probably in the future once we get the contract cool. started and stuff. But yeah. the challenge is, is actually in that intermediate group, mm-hmm. do they have to stay in the hospital? Right. That's the big question. Or are the outcomes the same if you yes. have close follow-up with a cardiologist yes. or PCP in a clinic? Exactly. And no one think, has answered that question yet. Right. And think about think about the amount of cost savings for patients, for hospitals, for I mean, we're talking you know for boarding, alleviating boarding, a major you know one of the plague, plague boarding. This is this stuff could make major impact on our healthcare system. Yeah, that's that's so exciting. That's cool. Well, you mentioned okay, you mentioned the CDU, and just so we. Man, I feel like we're never going to get to talk about everything that you've been involved in here, Brandon. But let's talk about a little bit, and not to just—I don't want to cut off. If you want to talk more about research, we can. But um, you mentioned the CDU, and you've had—I think—from a this is now going putting on a different hat. You're kind of your 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 leadership director type hat. I mean, you spent how many years as director of the academic emergency department? Yeah, I think it was six or seven years. Six seven years, and you, and you were assistant before then. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, assistant so you, from 2013 to, I think, 2017. Yeah. So um, we're talking over t- over a decade of yeah. leading the academic, which which 
during that time saw what astronomical growth, correct? And change. Yeah, I mean, um, freestanding EDs all kind of sprouted yeah. up in that span of time. Right. Um, like I said before, Tom Payton was a huge driver of yeah. a lot of that. Yeah. And um, my big thing in, in the midst of that, when I was a system medical director, yeah. trying not to boil the ocean, which I was cautioned on, <laughs> which I, I usually don't listen, um, <laughs> is pick a couple things that you yeah. think are going to be really impactful yeah. for the department. Yeah. And man, I dove into that with yeah. um, things that I, that I felt like, you know, I think the best projects and the best outcomes come from things that you're passionate about. Yeah. And yeah. usually it's because it made you mad, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Or there, there's yeah. another imprint like emotionally that, that has given, given you a drive to want to do that. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think it was a lot in the emergency cardiology space and creating yeah. some some standardization with our, with our pathways there. Mm-hmm. And then with our, with our MVPs, um, yeah. our multi-visit patients, um, oh, I really despise the term, yeah. um, frequent flyer right. because Correct. I think it's a negative connotation negative, towards horribly a group negative. Yes. that, um, when you look at it and you dive in deep, the comorbidities of these patients and the psychosocial challenges yes. are so immense yes. that, um, it's it's a huge challenge to to make meaningful change. Yes. And all all we did in the beginning is, is we brought people from so many different disciplines and then a multidisciplinary group. And we just met and we said, mm-hmm. okay, what do we know, right? Yeah. What do we know about community resources for these patients? Mm-hmm. What do we know about what are some of the key drivers of utilization of the emergency department? Mm-hmm. Okay, access, huge, right? Yep. But what yep. you don't realize is, is that they may not have a car. They may yeah. not have transportation to yeah. get to the appointment, even right. if you gave them an appointment. Right. So like right. diving deeper into those pieces and seeing what those key drivers were yeah. um, was, you know, so, so gratifying to, yeah. to have a lot of people. I mean, nobody got, got paid or protected time to do this. Right. And, and we met every two weeks to a month. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like the most uplifting meeting of the month. That's cool. Like yeah. people who all wanted to row in yeah. the same direction and yeah. all had the same common goal. That mm-hmm. was just something that, um, you know, Marsha Lewis is, has taken over that group now. And I know that she's yeah. going to make it better than, than I yeah. ever left it. But like to have that group and to work through that for mm. probably the last almost 10 years wow. and, and have sustainable change. Yep. Our readmissions for that group has gone down by 30 to 50 percent. Wow. Every, like sustainably. Yes. In that group. And yes. the group changes, right? Yeah. And yeah. The group. Sure, right. 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 Some the of the patients change. die. That is 100 percent right. true. Right. Um, but what we've been able to do with community resource involvement. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I think is the big driver and people probably don't realize this as much is, is that your case management and your social work group mm-hmm. are the biggest cog and and most important piece. To, to these patients finding yes. wellness. Yes. yes. And yep. the Camden Coalition showed that a, a long time ago. There's some great, um, great movies about that, even one yeah. by Atul Gawande uh, uh-huh. in regards to that with Hotspotters, if anyone yeah. um, wants yeah. to check that out. We did a New Yorker article too. Yeah. But if you meet them where they're at versus expect them to come to you, mm-hmm. you're going to have change. Right. And and that that's something that, that I think that we really started to embrace here and we made mm-hmm. an impact. So um pretty proud of that. You should you know, feel then, real then, proud of that. Yes. And then, you, you know, with the chest pain stuff, um, mm-hmm. I'm still the medical director of the yeah. um, chest pain center. Yeah. And we've been reaccredited by the ACC for, for multiple years now. Been mm-hmm. highlighted as doing some elite stuff. 
And all that is coming from relationships. Yeah. You know, like I joined the door to balloon community because I'm like, why are we having all these cancellations? Like, why Mm -hmm. is the first thing that a cardiologist thinks when they walk into the room is I'm going to cancel this? We have to change that mindset. Right. Right. So it was about building relationships. It was talking about, all right, this is canceled. However, it was appropriate. And if I was right. in, that, in the shoes of that emergency position, I would have mm-hmm. done the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And if not, you give feedback, right? Yeah. And make yeah. it into a teachable moment. Yeah. And yeah. as we know with feedback, Michael, it's a fight or flight response. Yeah. So the yeah. approach and, and how you share is, is probably more even important than the message. Yeah. And it comes back to relationships. If you have the relationship, it's not going to be a flight or fight response. It's going to be a, okay, let's learn yeah. to, you know, I'll, I, you know, you internalize and, and, and then learn from it. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. And the CDU, I think, is the yeah. next step. Yes, yeah, so right? go for it. Um, yeah, so now you're, you're, you're leading man, this I, next I've wanted endeavor. this thing for like yeah. eight years. Yes, um, yeah. We put proposals together. We had it all mm-hmm. the way up to the senior VP of health affairs, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the one before Dr. Nelson. And yeah. and then it just it just kind of like, no, we don't have any space or, or we're yeah. not ready or, or something. Um, yep. And Dr. Patterson really helped get that across the finish line with the yeah. discrete event simulation, which was a brilliant move to to demonstrate how this could impact um, the health system mm-hmm. because there was some really um, deep-seated opinions about how it worked in the past when it mm-hmm. wasn't run by emergency medicine mm-hmm. and it was a chest pain unit and why it failed. And, yeah. and the, those, those, those leaders were still here. So they, mm-hmm. they, they had, um, they had a lot of, um, um, emotion around that. Yeah. And when you get objective and you show science and, and you show the potential impact, yeah. that's where we were able to get a real commitment from the hospital board. And right. now it's just been in the, been in the building phase and man, the group that's, that's, that's been a part of this has been, been so diverse, um, so multidisciplinary. Um, it's, it's like the Oscars, right? You, you, you're going to say like your thank you speech and you're going to forget somebody. So <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, right, not even going right. to, not even going to start pointing people out. No, um, they, know, they know who they are, right? Yeah. <laughs> they, they know who they are and, right. and they, they've, they've dedicated yeah. a lot of their time yeah. and, um, this has got the potential to be really impactful for our departments mm-hmm. and for patients. And it's a and beautiful think- space. I've, I've been in there to look at it and stuff. It's a, it's a wonderful space. And, and it obviously it's more than the physical space. It's, it's everything else. It's the team. It's the, all, it's the algorithm. Yep. It's the, you know, it's yep. the, everything, like you said, it's so much. We've really so done our components. homework, you know, and yeah, you we're have. trying to make it. Yeah. And, and we're trying to model yeah. it after Emory, which is one of the right. leaders you in, went, in the country. Yeah. You went to the best. You went and, and, and you met with the best. You toured the best and, and got, you know, uh, the best advice. And, and, and we're going to bring it right here. We're going to bring it home to UF. So. Um, and we're going to come it. on training too. I know yeah. that people are probably like, what is it? How do I get mm-hmm. there? You know, mm-hmm. or what do mm-hmm. I do? What yeah. if I have a patient? What do I, mm-hmm. so we're building a, my training piece yeah. for this. That's oh, going to cool. be, um, an educational yeah. tool, similar to the stroke training. Yeah. Uh, some cool knowledge checks inside of yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, from the standpoint of informatics, we're having mm-hmm. a video with a QR code. Like we're thinking mm-hmm. of all the ways, as you said, how do yep. people learn and, and yes. how will people be yes. able to say, yeah, could this patient be a CDU patient? And yeah. then start to say, oh, yeah, here's the exclusion criteria. Yeah. They don't need any of those. Right. This person could be good. Let right. me contact the team yeah. and see if we've got right. a space. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Take the, take the AOD and the hospitalist out yeah. of it. And yeah. Let's run, let's run this and get them out within 16 hours. Absolutely. We can do this. We absolutely. can do this. Oh, absolutely. We're going to do this. It's going to be great. Absolutely. All right. Turn it. Let's, I just, just, uh, let's, let's turn it to something not. UF, uh, uh, academic related, what personal, all right. You must have uh, personal pursuits, family life, sport. What, what, how do you, how do you spend your non 
uh, professional time these days? And, uh, and how, do you, how do you keep yourself well? Oh, wellness is always a pursuit. Yeah. Um, a lot of it is, is, is sports and family. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I've really, really tried to work hard on is, is creating more memories um, with cool. my kids, with my parents, yeah. Um, yeah. doing things that are not mundane or, or, you know, like, Hey, what are you doing this? Like, Oh, we're just hanging out. Like, yeah. like that doesn't, that, no one remembers that, you know? Yeah. Um, right. Right. When we took a tr- quick trip to New York city um, right before um, Christmas this Love year. That. And we, we probably packed five days worth of stuff into two days, but we like stayed like right in Times Square. We froze to death. It was awesome. (laughs) Right. We got COVID Uh, probably from the subway, whatever. Um, But the kids are going to remember that, right? Absolutely. Pictures and they're going to have stuff and they're like, man, and they're at the age now where where that will matter. Right. Sure. I'm not cool. I'm definitely to my son, the dumbest person in the world right now, (laughs) but Oh, it'll come, Michael. You, you oh, wait. It's come, um, oh, it's already coming. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm getting old. <laughs> but they're also going to remember that, right? And they're going to yes, remember yeah. when we let their friends Absolutely. come over and spend the night or have a bonfire in the backyard, you know, and, yeah. and stuff like that. And yeah. my daughter's a freshman in high school and yeah. um, spending time with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a competitive dancer. She has been for multiple years, and that's awesome. And um, living vicariously through them and, and their activities too. Yeah, um, she's incredibly talented. Yeah. Owen's um, really trying to craft his game in basketball yeah. and and invest in him. And then that's my parents. Cool. You know, my dad's seventy seven years old, and and yeah. um, mm-hmm. and you know, I he's in great shape. He's probably in mm-hmm. better shape than me. But, wow. Um, knowing that that can all change as emergency physicians, right? Mm-hmm. That can change mm-hmm. in an instant. Right. Your whole, right. everything could change in, in all those dynamics with, with everyone. And that happened to me this summer, actually. Um, I lost um, my, my, my cousin who mm. um, was very close to, and, and um, she died while she was in Europe on, on a sabbatical trip. Wow. And um, she had just run three miles. Right oh before my gosh. that, and had no had a heart attack. In, oh in, my gosh! In, you know, in her early sixties, oh, so sorry to hear that. She yeah. was a partner in a huge accounting firm, mm-hmm. incredibly successful, yeah. um, on multiple boards. And it's like just like that, man. Just yeah. like that. Yeah. So, so what do you do with your life? Right. You know, it's um, so precious. It is so precious, right? It is, and, Taking, and I think that yeah. Even doing peds shifts, right? Like, yes, I always yes. want to do that because it also reminds me how healthy my kids are and how yeah. fortunate I am yeah. in that space, mm-hmm. which can also change in an instant. Exactly. And yeah. some of yeah. the hardest things I remember as an emergency physician so far, I've been telling parents that their kid has a has cancer, yeah. you know, yeah. or, or recurrence yeah. of cancer, and crying in the hallway with a yeah. fellow who whose kid I, I, I had to tell. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget that. Um, yeah. yeah. But that's the power of what yep. we do, right? right? Like, like that's, that's Absolutely. Some, that's that hidden curriculum, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Michael, I, I talk yeah. to Lars about that all the time. Sometimes yeah. he shoes me away, but um, <laughs> there's a hidden curriculum in every shift, right? Yeah. We, we yeah. can talk about how you could bill and code this, how you can make someone feel, you know, like we, in emergency medicine, we don't have control over much, honestly, you know, because we rely on so many others to do our job well. And what, what can we control? We can control our attitude. We can control our action and, and what we order, right? 
and we control how, how we make someone feel. Yes. And, and outside yes. of that, we, yep. we're relying on others. Yep. So good thing is, is a lot of those things don't take talent. They just take yep. being a human. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Wow. That is like, wow. Uh, I have a couple things to say just in response. Uh, like I just, I just watched a video yesterday from um, the leader of the Stanford uh, Well MD Center. His name's Tate Shanifal. He's one of the big researchers in, in wellness. And he just released a video yesterday in the, uh, uh, to start a new movement in, wellness, in well-being and, and healthcare. And it's called I Am Human. And um, maybe I'll post it in the show notes. Um, but it is, that's, that's it. It's, it's like, you know, we are human. We bring our own, our own um, problems into our shifts. We bring our own successes. And, and you know, we, our, our lives aren't completely defined by just our, our, our medicine and that, that, we, that we perform. And so but we bring that, we bring it and we offer that to our patients. And um, wow, that's, yeah, that's, that's wow, full circle for me there in the last couple of days. Man, Michael, I love uh, that. I want, I want yeah. to see that too. I will. I'm going to send it to you. Yeah. And I'm know, I, sure. I, yeah. I, I like uh, John Gordon a lot for a lot of the stuff that he does for, um, for positive leadership. Uh-huh. One of the things he says is that failure shouldn't define you. It should uh-huh. refine you. Nice. And uh, nice. in a lot of spaces, I think that's where the most growth happens. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've done a lot of growing over the last uh, couple of years and incredible. And I'm, I'm excited incredible. about um, yeah. where it'll take yeah. me. And oh, one other thing I was going to tell you too, I, I learned this from our, our applicant this week, uh, yesterday actually for our residency. I asked him about, um, you know, well-being and whatever and, and what he does. And, and he said that he had kind of come across a small, a small research uh, piece that said that looked at people who, who exercised uh, versus did one new thing a week, one visited like one new place or saw like went on something, did something new every single week. And then people did both. And the happiest, most well people were people who, you know, worked out and visited or like explored a new place every single week. And that sounds like what you're doing. You're making memories. You're trying to do like, just not just sit around the house. You and the, you and the fam are going out and, and, and doing new things and living your lives because life is precious. And, and, you know, and these are the, these are the times to take advantage. So I think that's, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Really wonderful. Are the most engaged too, honestly. Yeah. Because really? if they're oh. not, they're going to go in their room and I'm going to have to text yeah. them for, hey, are you ready for dinner? You know, <laughs> it's like we're, we're, we're at that level sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, and from, a, from a wellness and physical yeah. activity standpoint, we, we are really getting into pickleball. Um, oh, cool. Oh, that's and, so fun. So fun. Uh, I got a so rower fun. for Christmas, which is yes. really painful. Oh, so um, yep. I'm working on five minutes awesome. that. Awesome. But I'm not too sore to function. Good for so, you. Those, those good are for two you. things that, you know, yeah. I'm trying okay. to trying Yeah, to good for you when you're too. in the fam. That's awesome. Thanks for the thanks for that parenting advice too. Yeah. The kids are engaged when they're doing things. Thank you. I will yeah. I'm gonna internalize that for about ten years from now. Well, I mean, I I've heard yeah. your podcast too. You yeah. guys are, are, are frequently uh, you know, the one with Matt Shaw was awesome yeah. in regards to you guys are always exploring what's going on downtown. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, Let's walk around. Let's see what's that. happening. Bring, yeah. Bring, bring your baby with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. let them yeah. like, just like yeah. have that stimuli. Like that's Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely. We're bringing, we're bringing Aziza to um, the UF gymnastics uh, meet this Friday against Alabama. I mean, two top 10 t- uh, ranked ranked. I mean, it's, we're doing it. Why not? We got to keep living her life. Keep doing it. She's already been to her first swim meet. Uh, we went and watched um, uh, Julian, uh, who I had on the podcast with Dave Roberts yeah. last year. Watched him swim competitively, and, and we're talking about the you know the a top five. If I think they might even they might be even number one in the country right now, maybe number two in the country right now. The UF swim 
And that's yeah, they're, they're, just, they're I mean, Caleb Dressel was there. And, and Katie Ledecky trains there. Oh, and I don't think people understand. Like, I went to my first one. You walk in, it's a free thing. The place is rocking. And these Olympians who are training here, Dressel, the number, you know, he's the top swimmer in the world right now. Uh, Ledecky, on the, on the women's side, top swimmer doing distance. Um, more, they, they do little exhibition um, swimming events at the – at the, at the swimming, uh, the competition, like the collegiate one, they just swim against each other for the fun of it. So you're watching the best in the world swim right here in Gainesville at UF for free. You're going to see I mean, the best We, we are pretty Unreal. spoiled with, with we, the elite um, <laughs> yes. intercollegiate sports yes. that, that we have in our backyard. Yes. We really yes. are. Right. How'd yeah. Julian do? Oh, he did really well. It was, they were, they were I think they were, um, they were playing a team that wasn't as competitive, but he, oh, he killed it. I mean, he's. He's, nice. he's doing great. Yeah, he's he's great captain of the team this year. So yeah, yeah. He really well, hey, exuded what? a lot of leadership traits oh, when I was listening to him too. He's cool. He's so cool. Um, good kid. Um, all right. Last thing. Now, everyone, I always ask everyone this question at the end. Everyone says the people. So I, I've decided, you know, kind of like in you know Wheel of Fortune, where you can't pick S as your letter, or you know, like <laughs> that, you know, A E I. You know, okay. Aside yeah. from the I mean, people, and just the like like right. rinse and repeat. It was the yeah. people. The, the people, people, people. Okay, it's like right, this question is, is is not going anywhere because everyone says the same thing. So, is there anything else? I, I gotta think. Maybe I have to think of the best way to frame the question. Maybe yeah. is there anything else about UF that's unique or special, or something that some some little thing you want to feature about UF or one final thought? I don't. know. What's the best way to ask this question? Maybe ask me. Ask your advice, Brandon. Yeah, I I think it's it's about. Um... A unique impact in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. Um, and for me, like building on the people is the relationships, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. Inside and outside of the department, for me, like when mm-hmm. I when I tell people around the country about my relationship with cardiology, they, yes. and and like with the chief of the hospitalist service with Neil Radhakrishnan mm-hmm. and Mike Masumi and Juan Aranda, they they look at me, and they go, "Hey, Brandon." you know, that's not normal. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't, because it's just, it's just, it's just what I know. Yeah. Right. Is yeah. that, I, is that being able to reach across the aisle and everyone has the same goal, right. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. to give great patient care. And yes. when that's the beacon, nothing yep. else matters. Yep. But one thing I've learned, Michael, in that space is that to do right by the patient is rarely the path of least resistance. It's usually hard. It's usually hard. Yeah. It's usually time consuming. Yeah. And that's when we start to move towards, eh, is this good enough? Right. 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 And, um, and that's something that, that I've always uh, been challenged with is, is accepting mediocrity um, yeah. in, in my life and, and in other pursuits as well. You should see me on the pickleball court. <laughs> At least, at least my competitiveness goes there instead of into work. Um, <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. I will. I will join you on the court. <laughs> love it. Um, but yeah. So I think I think the uniqueness yeah. in, in the special in the special yeah. is is really individualized, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and for me, so like that guy John Gordon that I was talking about, mm-hmm. he has this thing called a one word purpose. I've been doing for the last couple of years. He says instead of New Year's resolutions, pick yeah. one word that you're going to live by for the year. And I was like, holy cow, that's really hard. He's like, it'll come to you. Like, Mm -hmm. it'll come to you. So I made like the whole fam do it, right? Rashan Mm -hmm. did it. Neela did it. Owen did it. And um, we actually set ours in New York when we were at a restaurant too. Uh And last year's, 
for me was engage, right? Okay. I was like, I want to engage and be present and not be on my phone when, when the kids are around and, yeah. and, and really engage and, and, and be there um, yes. and lock in. Then this year, mine is build. Cool. I want to build yeah. better relationships. I want to build the CDU or, or, or something like it. It's got so many different ways to, to, to flex it, you know, mm -hmm. many layers. And, and I, I want to build something special, but I want to yeah. build something impactful, right? I want to build yeah. something sustainable and, yeah. and whatever that is. So I started to do that. And, um, um, I think that UF has, has made it unique and special in that yeah. I've been afforded a ton of opportunities that a lot of junior faculty other places don't get mm -hmm. and you can either run with them or you can let them go go by the wayside mm -hmm. and um that's really up to you but yeah what this well, place is in ran. regards to special is um is that you know it's all there right yeah it's all there yeah. and we've got a ton Perfect. of things to improve upon yeah. but everyone wants to do that you yeah. know and yeah. and, and the barriers are surmountable yeah but you got to be positive Right, because Absolutely. this place can break you down. And <laughs> yeah, there's um, rough days. There's rough days, but there's rough you days. bring that. You bring that positivity every shift, every meeting, and uh, I've enjoyed. Uh, I've enjoyed. No energy vampires. And... I'm gonna put that there sign go. on my wall. Oh, that's good. That's good. Mantra: No energy vampires. I like that. Well, hey, you, you've wrapped things up very nicely, um, Dr. Brandon Allen. Thank you for being on the air break room and being the special guest today, the featured guest. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Michael. That's all for this episode. Special thanks to our chair, Dr. Mary Patterson, for supporting this podcast, and to Dr. Giuliano Deporto for composing our theme music. I'm Michael Petrauskas. Be well. <laughs>